0: What's good, family? It's your big boy, Big L, with another episode of the Page Turner's podcast, where we walk through books and literature and examine and unpack and discuss and review from a Black perspective. Uh, We are working on the Dr. James H. Combs' um, great work, Black Theology and Black Power, um, I want to say thank you guys, to, you know, to everyone, man, who has been listening and, and sharing and commenting, man. Uh, been having some great discussions about black theology, about black power, about the church. Uh, I'm excited about this podcast in ways that I haven't been excited about a podcast in a very long time. This is not my first <laughs> first podcast, rodeo, uh, and I can be honest to say that I haven't been this excited about a podcast since my early Real Talk Radio days, uh, and I'm really, really excited about this. I just think I have a, a completely different focus and a different mentality approaching this particular podcast than I did in my younger days. But... To say all that, man, is that uh, we're continuing to dig into black theology and black power. Uh, we are still in chapter one. The title of chapter one is Toward a Constructive Definition of Black Power. You want to go back in the archives, man, to, to listen. Uh, each episode I'm trying my best man to keep right around 30 minutes I can give you 30 minutes of just good impactful information Uh, and I can do it on a more regular basis a more lengthy (laughs) a more lengthy podcast Uh, you ain't gonna get it as often but I like this format right here and like I said on episode Uh, on the last episode. Forgive my my voice, man. Uh, My sinuses is doing something funky right now, but I'm here. So let us begin. This particular section of chapter one is titled, Is Black Power a Form of Black Racism? Now, we know already, family, that anytime that when black folk begin to stand up and take radical stances against uh, the injustices they face at the hands of white supremacy. uh, One of the things that they are quickly uh, accused of is a form of black racism. We've seen it. This is not the first time that we've seen it. This is not the first time we've seen it in a text. This is something that actually, Kwame Ture, Stokely Carmichael, addresses heavily in his book on black power, something that you definitely want to pick up, man, and walk through. So let's unpack this. One of the most serious charges leveled against advocates of black power is that they are black racists. Many well-intentioned people have insisted that there must be another approach, one which will not cause so much hostility, not to mention rebellion. Therefore, appeal is made to the patience of black people to keep their cool, not get too carried away by their feelings. These men argue that if any progress is to be made, it will be through a careful, rational approach to the subject. These people are deeply offended when black people refuse to listen and place such white liberals in the same category as the most adamant segregationists. They simply do not see that such reasoned appeals merely support the perpetuation of the ravaging of black community. Black power in this respect is by nature irrational, does not deny the role of rational reflection, but insists that human existence cannot be mechanized or put into neat boxes according to reason. Human reason though valuable is not absolute because moral decisions, those decisions which deal with human dignity, cannot be made by using the abstract methods of science. Human emotions must be reckoned with. Consequently, black people must say no to all do-gooders who insist that they need more time. If such persons really knew oppression, knew it existentially in their guts, They would join black people in their fight for freedom and dignity. It is interesting that most people do understand why Jews can hate Germans. Why can they not understand why black people who have been deliberately and systematically dehumanized or murdered by the structures of this society hate white people? The general failure of Americans to make this connection suggests a primary difficulty is their inability to see black men as men. When black power advocates refuse to listen to their would-be liberators, they are charged with creating hatred among black people, thus making significant personal relationships between blacks and whites impossible. It should be obvious that the hate which black people feel towards whites is not due to the creation of black power. Rather, it is a result of the deliberate and systematic ordering of society on the basis of racism, making black alienation not only possible, but inevitable. For over 300 years, black people have been enslaved by the tentacles of American white power, tentacles that worm their way into the guts of their being and invade the gray cells of their cortex. For 300 years, they have cried, waited, voted, marched, picketed, and boycotted, but whites still refuse to recognize their humanity. In light of this attributing Black anger to the call for Black power is ridiculous, if not obscene. To be a Negro in this country, says James Baldwin, And to be relatively conscious is to be enraged almost all of the time. Man. I always think, man, because I see this often. uh, I see this so often with people who are just beginning to, uh, quote unquote, wake up to the ills of white supremacy. And to begin to take a really staunch, radical stand against the injustice uh, that they early on have to feel the need to defend themselves against whites, that they didn't they, they want to to overstep. They don't want to overstep or oversay or overstate certain things. Certain things that clearly need to be stated, clear things that should clearly uh, has to be stated. And they dress it up oftentimes in, in in flowery language, trying to appeal to some greater good within the white power structure. And I think that's dangerous uh, because I think oftentimes. The mentality of blacks is that they operate from a standpoint of that white people are uh, uneducated, unaware or confused about white, how white supremacy actually works. And the truth of the matter is the person or people who are the most confused about how white supremacy works are black people. And you can see that based off of our continual, insane-like responses to white supremacy. But also, when you begin to speak up and speak out because of the backlash that you're going to receive from taking these stances and, 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 and calling out injustice, because of the backlash that you're going to receive, you're not only going to receive the backlash from White people. No, no, no. Some of your greatest backlash is going to be from black folks. Some of the greatest backlash that you will ever experience and deal with will be from black people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. It's it's, it's mind blowing to me. Also, is to to use a, a an analogy, and all analogies are flawed. Uh, but it would be as if our house, my house is on fire and I'm trying to put the fire out, but I have to use the white neighbor's hose to put it out. That the people who are in the fiery building with me get angry with me because I want to use the water from the white people's house that they try to stop me from using the water from the white people's house. To to burn to to put the fire out in my own home. That they're worrying about using the good white folks' water. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's it, it. Reminds me of the plantation. That when you had blacks on the plantation who would do whatever they could to to buck the system of slavery, uh, to 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 try to get some sort of extra benefit that went counter-cultural or counter to what white master and white slavers had put forth, that they would break rules and do things to to make things a, a, a slight tiny bit easier on the, the, the black slaves, that you would have other black slaves who would come and say, no, master's going to be angry at you for this not because they were so concerned about master being angry. No, what their fear was, the fact that they felt like if master came and gave, you know, the person who was trying to get the extra benefits for the black slave punishment, that they would receive punishment also. So they would tell their, their fellow slave to stop their behavior, not out of some great concern for the slave, or out of some great concern about what the slave master is going to do to that particular slave. But no, because they were worried about what the slave master was going to do to them also. Because one of the chief things that the slave masters would do is the slave master wouldn't just whip, in this instance, one particular slave. He might not even whip that slave. He might whip another slave. He might whip all the slaves. As a way of getting that one quote-unquote rebellious slave in order. And that same conditioning, that same mentality still resides within many of us, man. It's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. And you'll see it. Back to the text. In spite of this, it is misleading to suggest that hatred is essential to the definition of black power. As Camus says, One envies what he does not have, while the rebel's aim is to defend what he is. He does not merely claim some good that he does not possess or of which he is deprived. His claim is to claim recognition for something which he has. Therefore, it is not the intention of the black man to repudiate his master's human dignity, but his own status as master. The rebellion in the cities, it would seem, should not be interpreted as a few blacks who want something for nothing, but as an assertion of the dignity of all black people. The black man is assuming that there is a common value which is recognizable by all as existing in all people. He is testifying that something in his rebellion He is expressing his solidarity with the human race. With this in view, Cayman's interpretation of the Cartesian formula, I think, therefore I am, Seems quite appropriate. I rebel, therefore we exist. It is important to make a further distinction here among black hatred, black racism, and black power. Black hatred is the black man's strong aversion to white society. No black man living in white America can escape it. Even a sensitive white man can say, it is hard to imagine how any Negro American no matter how well born a place can accept a deep sense of anger, escape a deep sense of anger and a burning hatred for all things white. And another non-black Arnold Rose is even more perceptive. He goes on to say, Negro hatred of white people is not pathological. Far from it. It is a healthy human reaction to oppression, insult and terror. White people are often surprised at Negroes' hatred of them, but it should not be surprising. The whole world knows the Nazis murdered millions of Jews and can suspect that the reigning Jews are having some emotional reaction to that fact. Negroes, on the other hand, are either ignored or thought to be so subhuman that they have no feelings when one of their number is killed because he's a Negro. Probably no week goes by in the United States that some Negro is not severely beaten and the news is reported in the Negro press. Every week or maybe twice a week, almost the entire Negro population of the United States suffers an emotional recoil from some insult coming from the voice or pen of a leading white man. The surviving Jews had one big soul-wrenching incident that wrecks them back to group identification. The surviving Negroes experience Constant jokes that almost never let them forget for even an hour that they are Negroes. In this situation, hatred of whites and group identification are natural reactions. (laughs) And the text continues. And James Baldwin was certainly expressing the spirit of black hatred when he said, The brutality which Negroes are treated in this country simply cannot be overstated however unwilling white men may be to hear it in the beginning. And neither can this be overstated. A Negro just cannot believe that white people are treating him as they do. He does not know what he has done to merit it. And when he realizes that the treatment accorded him has nothing to do with anything he has done, that the attempt of white people to destroy him for that is what is, and is utterly gratuitous. It is not hard for him to think of white people as devils. This feeling should not be identified as black racism. Black racism is a myth created by whites to ease their guilt feelings. As long as whites can be assured that blacks are racist, they can find reasons to justify their own oppression of black people. This tactic seems to be a favorite device of white liberals who intrigued by their own unselfish involvement in the civil rights for the Negro, like to pride themselves on on their liberality toward blacks. (laughs) White races who are prepared to defend the outright subjugation of blacks need no such myth. The myth is needed by those who intend to keep things as they are, while pretending that things are in fact progressing. When confronted with the fact that the so-called progress is actually non-existent, they can easily offer an explanation by pointing to the white backlash caused by black racism. But the charge of black racism cannot be recoiled with the facts. While it is true that blacks do hate whites, black hatred is not racism. Racism according to Webster is the assumption that psychocultural traits and capacities are determined by, logical race, by, by a biological race and that races differ decisively from one another, which is usually coupled with the belief in the inherent superiority of a particular race and its rights to dominate over others. Where are the examples among Blacks in which they sought to assert their right to dominance over others because of the belief in Black superiority? I need to read that part again for y'all. Where are the examples among blacks in which they sought to assert their right to dominance over others because of a belief in black superiority? The only possible example would be the black Muslims. And even here, there is no effort of black Muslims to enslave whites. Furthermore, if we were to just designate them as black racism, black races, They certainly are not dangerous in the same sense as white races. The existence of the black Muslim does not entitle whites to speak of black races as a serious threat to American society. They should be viewed as one possible, justifiable reaction to white racism. But in regard to black power, it is not comparable to white supremacy. Stokely Carmichael, responding to the charge of black supremacy, writes. There is no analogy by any stretch of definition or imagination between the advocates of black power and white racists. The goal of the racists is to keep black people on the bottom arbitrarily and dictatorially, as they have done in this country for over 300 years. The goal of black self-determination and black self-identity, black power, is full participation in the decision-making process affecting the lives of black people. Modern racism is European in origin. American has been its vigorous offspring. It is the white man who has sought to dehumanize others because of his feelings of superiority or for his economic advantage. Racism is so embedded in this country that it is hard to imagine that any white man can escape it. Black power, then, is not black racism or black hatred. Simply stated, Black power is an affirmation of the humanity of blacks in spite of white racism. It says that only blacks really know the extent of white oppression, and thus only blacks are prepared to risk all to be free. Therefore, black power seeks not understanding but conflict, addresses blacks and not whites, seeks to develop black support but not white goodwill. Black power believes in the utter determination of blacks to be free and not in the good intentions of white society. It says if blacks are liberated, it will be blacks themselves who will do the liberating, not whites. (laughs) This This section of chapter one was titled, Is Black Power a Form of Black Racism? And again, man, this book was written in 1969. And just listening to his breakdown and his unpacking of black power and just listening to his examples and then all those things. It sounds like 2018, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like 2018? Doesn't it sound like today? Now of course there's some 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 very significant differences, particularly from the language aspect. <sighs> Lord have mercy. What an awesome, 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 awesome. Book Bookman. Again, family, this is the Page Turner's podcast. We are doing a book study on black theology and black power by Dr. James H. Cohn, father and founder of Black Liberation Theology. We are continuing chapter one. On our next episode, we will continue to push through this text. The next section of chapter one we will be looking at is why integration is not the answer. <laughs> Why integration is not the answer. Mm-hmm. It's your boy Big L, man, with another episode of the Page turner Podcast, man. Again, please, please share this podcast, man. Share it with your friends, uh, share it with your foes, share it with those folks who disagree with our perspectives. Please, let's get this information out there, man. Um, Yeah. Thank you guys for listening, man. You are truly appreciated. It's your boy, Big O. I'm out.